This is one of my favorite yeah. quotes I've heard in a long time from golf. And he said, why would I be intimidated by playing in the Masters? I'm here already. And welcome back to another part train. I am Evan Singer. We've got Matt Cermak here. Guys, welcome aboard. What's going on, Matt? Well, it's Master Sunday. This is going to be fun. I think we've yeah. got a lot of great learnings. Yeah, we got a lot. Before we get into what this episode is, it's a little bit of a different episode for us than we've ever done after a major. Um, but before we get to that, first of all, welcome aboard. In case you're new, uh, our mission on the part train is to help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course. We believe that if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. We feature interviews from PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, mental coaches, and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and give you the tools to enjoy the ride. A uh, quick word wow. from our friends at Roback. Uh, I oh. now have more hoodies than you could imagine. And <laughs> I got our boy Ryan to get one. And he was wow. hesitant. He said, oh, wow, it's a little pricey. Um, but guys, we gave, uh, we told Ryan about break. our link. 15% off your first rollback order. He goes, wow, okay, I'm going to get it. I'm going to trust you. Literally, it's his wife's favorite thing that he owns. And it's the softest, best fitting hoodie I've ever worn in my entire life. Mark it down. Check the box. I'm making the, the, the claim right here. It's the greatest. It might be the greatest garment of clothing I own. The things we do for Ryan, I mean, yeah. it's just unbelievable. It's no, true. The hoodies are awesome very soft great fit i mean it it was kind of one of the it's one of their newer products and everybody you gotta go go to our link go get it because i mean they just hit it out of the park i'm excited to see what's next this hoodie Same. this hoodie was hard to get too Ev. it was hard yeah. to get <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying guys here's what you got to do okay here's the easy steps go to the show notes of this episode uh there's a link in there tap that link and no need to enter a code your 15 percent off will auto apply in your cart off your first rollback order now as matt said these hoodies are flying off the shelves so make sure you get them asap and if you're not sure where to look within the show notes uh just go to our social accounts at the park train on instagram twitter uh, on all the socials we always have the rowback link in our bio so tap that link and you'll see it get yourself 15 percent off the greatest hoodie ever made okay we're big fans and also they have a million polos, Q-zips, t-shirts, whatever you yeah, want, they have it. But the hoodie is like extra amazing. Okay. Love it. Uh, Matt, this is, as we were just talking about off air and we teased it, this is a different type of recap episode than we've ever done. We've done player deep dives. We've done recaps of majors. Uh, it's Sunday night, Masters Sunday. And uh, I was excited to try this because we've heard a lot of quotes uh, I love watching all the interviews to try and understand people's mindsets throughout the masters. And we watch people and we look at body language and we look at performance. And I think from Zalatoris to Rose, to Spieth, to Xander, to Bryson and Hideki, obviously there is a lot to take away in ways that can improve your game. Right. And that's what yeah. we're all about. So, um, I'm excited to dig in, but first should we do quick reactions? Just gut reaction of what you thought of what you saw uh, for the 2021 yeah. Masters? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, it was great to have another Masters five months later. Let's, let's start there. Yep. Um, I think after the first round on Thursday, everybody was so pumped. We kind of felt like we had almost, I don't want to use the term U.S. Open, but we had a really tough setup. Um especially after what DJ did last year, what Speed did a couple of years ago. Um, it was kind of fun to see the Masters play hard and fast. Uh, so I think that was really cool. Um, I think you had all the guys that you, you know, for the most part that you wanted there. There was a couple, couple, you know, good players that missed the cut. You know, guys like obviously DJ, but guys like Patrick Cantley, you didn't expect, you know, maybe Sanjay M um, to not play so well. But you had all the you, you had a great leaderboard, but um, DJ Rory Hideki? Brooks. Oh, Rory! Well, yeah, Rory to me, it, it's crazy. So I, I didn't. I'm not surprised on that. I mean, they're Brooks. I mean, Rory's got a new coach. Brooks is injured. He shouldn't have been out there. But 
but but yeah, right. Those are top ten players that didn't make the cut. But um, I wasn't surprised that Hideki won today. Um, I thought it was his time. I'm really happy for him. I think he's kind of you know he's kind of struggled these last few years for him for Hideki, but um, he's been there. He's been close, and um, I don't know. I, I was just really really happy for the guy. You know, I think we all, yeah. like I said, we all wanted a little yeah. more drama in the back nine. There was moments, right, with Spieth or with Shoffley, but it never, the lead was just too big. So, um, it, you know, yeah, we wanted more drama, but I was just, I'm just really happy for Hideki. It's great for golf. It's great for Japan. And he just seems like a really good guy. Maybe we can save this towards the end, but it's interesting to think about Hideki was 11 to start the day, right? And he won one over. Yeah. Not many people, I don't think, win a major by shooting one over in the final round. A, ma- a Masters, per se, right? I mean, U.S. Open sure. sometimes. But sure, yeah. a yeah, Masters. Um, yeah. So, you know, did he win? Did, I, did no one else? No one else really had a low number out there um, to yeah, really I mean, push except him. For, yeah, Rom, what was low with 66, and that, but he never had a chance. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he had a seek. I think he pushed it to... He had a six-shot lead at one point, but it, yeah. But let's not forget there was drama early. Zalatoris birdies the first two holes. Yeah. Decky makes bogey. All of a sudden, the lead went from four to one. Right. You know, but you know, Hideki made the birdie end two, and then Zalatoris. Then Zalatoris kind of fizzled away, and then ends up getting solo second, losing by one. <laughs> kind of crazy, right? Yeah, totally. So. I think we'll talk Hideki probably a little bit later. We're going to dive in maybe what we could take away from him. Um, but overall, it was great to have another Masters. Um, wasn't necessarily one of my favorite Masters. Like, there wasn't, you know, crazy finishes and a lot of lead changes. A lot of times the Masters is known for having, you know, eight guys within two shots going into the back nine. And it's just chaos where this was kind of a, a really a one-man race one horse race and then Xander kind of closed it towards the end. But I want to start Serm talking about Rose. Um yeah. because you know we were kind of talking off air. Uh Sean Foley, who we've who is now you know Rose's coach again, they had a little bit of a uh a hiatus, but his longtime coach over 10 years, they're back working together. Um Rose talked about it in his press conferences, but uh Foley said a quote to him that he shared that said, you're not back, but you're better. And that was the quote they kind of, Rose really took that to heart going into Thursday. Tough conditions, right? And I think there's a really important lesson yeah. where we all, we all say this to ourselves: I'm back, right? When really, like you, you joke about this term, like getting a birdie doesn't mean you're back. Getting a birdie doesn't mean you erased your bogey. Like you just had a, a high moment and there's also low moments like that's golf, right? So this idea of telling us ourselves that we're back, I think almost sets us up for failure in a way because it's almost hoping that we don't fall again, right? And I think my take for Rose is he started the tournament off with this, let's see what we got, right? My swing I, ha- I withdrew recently. My back's feeling good, but I have no idea where my game is because I haven't played competitively in like a month. And he goes out and he shoots, what was it? 60... 65? 65. 60, 65, yeah. Uh, in a round that was playing maybe one of the hardest rounds in recent Masters memory, right? And then from there, I feel like it kind of switched. Now, who am I to say? I'm not Rose, but from what I could tell, it looked like he was trying to hold on, right? It was not the same, let's see what we got type attitude, with, which is fair. He now has expectations. He's sleeping on the lead in a tournament he desperately wants to win. Rose, for us, would be going into 18 to shoot our best score or the next round after following a really good round. What, what yeah, Rose think- really did well on Friday, another quote, just to share real quick before we move on. You mean is, on Thursday? I think Friday, he struggled on the front. Oh, I, I see where we're going. Check around. I yeah, and yeah. he, and then he said he had to reset, and he felt like he told himself, "All right, we've had a rough go here. Let's treat this like match play. I'm three down versus the course. I think it was three over on the day. Let's let's play the course 
like it's match play. And he kind of created this own little game, right? And Michael Jordan talked about that in The Last Dance. Like he'd create little challenges, little games, little narratives for himself. Yeah. Rose did that really well to get back to even on Friday. Um, but unfortunately, I think he couldn't get, he couldn't keep that going. So I think well, it just shows I, the power of expectations. I think at the end of the day, you just have to remind yourself. It's normal to have expectations. It's a game that you've seen the shots you want to hit before, right? You want to replicate it. Um, but at the end of the day, it makes us tight. And tension and tightness doesn't help you reach the expectations you want. So it it's counterintuitive, but you got to find a way to either lower your expectations or focus on other things. Focus on your process and your routine and your tempo, whatever it is that works for you. Um, Cause I could, I could feel it with Rose. Like that was really tough. That's tough to hold on to and, and try and play well. But how about Will Zalatoris? You want to talk about a guy who kind of rallied, you know, the audience in the golfing world. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. So I want to read a quote from him. This is one of my favorite yeah. quotes I've heard in a long time from golf. And he said, why would I be intimidated by playing in the masters? I'm here already. A lot of people would say, yeah, exactly. I'm here, which is why I'm intimidated. <laughs> but he saw it. He, I, I think that is a very important point. People that play really well seem to be very happy to just be where they are, right? They don't need well, a win I or a place right. or to make a right. cut. How often do you hear from like rookies or new guys in tournaments like, Hey, I don't have any expectations tomorrow, right? It's a very yeah. common answer. And it's not a bad answer, right? The pressure is already crazy. You became famous overnight. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm just here to play one shot at a time. And, but right, he had this kind of expectation, like, well, wait a minute. Just so you guys know, I finished sixth at the U.S. Open last year. You didn't know me then, you know? And he's like, so <laughs> in my mind, I'm pretty legit. And even by the, you know, the stat book, I'm pretty legit because I, I, you know, I had a top 10, but the funny thing is, as we all know now is he didn't have full status on the PGA tour going into this event. Yeah. Granted, he was 46 in the world. And he's had a really good season, but this solidified really his short-term future. Um, but dude, that's a lot of confidence. It's yeah. a lot of confidence yeah. for a 24 year old. And I just, you know, you know, if that helps you believe, I mean, more power too. I mean, from a ball striking perspective, he was the best this week. He could have figured out his putting today. And maybe that was nerves, but I don't know. He's really cool. Really cool. And he said, speak to your point about confidence. He said, I'm stupid enough to think I can play here. I'm stupid enough to think I can win. Right? Like it's kind of interesting. It's, it's cool, right? It's, it's, Kind of confident, but kind of like having fun with yourself a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, think about the differences, Serm. Like normally you'd say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like first, first masters, like, you know, <laughs> let's not talk. Let's not like call your shot, right? It's like football interviews. They always want a player to like say, oh, we're going to win, right? We're going to beat the bears or whatever. And nobody takes the bait to call out a win. He openly said, I am, but here's the difference. He is, he's saying that from an underdog mentality, right? Nobody knows him. He, he knows his potential. He knows his confidence. So for him, that's a way to like amp himself up with confidence where Rose has the, the former high finishes, right? So if Rose was saying that Rose has more expectations on him than Zalatoris, yet Zalatoris was more outwardly confident. Right. So it's, it's interesting how it's easier to do that as a Zalatoris. Um, but I think it's a really important thing of like, Hey, I know it's hard to be confident in this game because there's so many squirrely shots out there, but you just have to find a way. Like, what are you good at? What is the one shot you can do? If you're hitting it off the toe every time and you're pissed that you're hitting it off the toe every time, at least you're consistent and hitting it off the toe every time. So like, how could you play that? Right? Like well, find something to be confident and have consistency with. But you no, know, I think you're, I think you're totally right. I really admire back. To, I mean, that quote is very admirable because from my experience, you know, playing as a kid, play, playing as a junior, playing as high school, playing in college, 
it's, it was always very, it, it's difficult to remain as confident as you were when you get to that next stage, right? When you go from junior high then into high school and then high school into college, right? Because you're, you're getting with more players that are just as good or better than you, right? Especially when you get to college, like, and it's hard to, you know, you're, it's hard to have that confidence. And, uh, and then going from college to the mini tours, to the corn ferry, to the masters. And yeah. most people wouldn't have said that. And I, and I think it really helped him. One thing I'll say about Zala Torres, I'm a little concerned about his putting. Um, granted, this he just finished second in the Masters, but if you notice today, he was very, very inconsistent with his putting. But my point is, he go he's got arm lock, claw, and he grips very low on the putter. Clearly, he's had putting demons, right? Right, right. and um, I mean, his speed was terrible, terrible today. Um, and um, I wonder how that's going to shake out because he's got just an unbelievable swing, you know, it's a high cut, it's extremely far, he's extremely flexible, and he's a great player. Um, I just feel like he's probably battled some demons on the greens and at Augusta, you know, where the greens are. As tough as as tough as anything, um, it, it just looked like a little, you know, a little suspect. But that's just that's us me sitting here as a critique of the guy who finished second in the Masters. But right. you just don't. That's just that's all. There's a lot going on with that putting. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> he think? also, you know, was Happy Gilmore's caddy. So I mean, how good was that? How good was that? But he that. embraces it. <laughs> yeah, he, he got it stamped on his way. A, he's gonna be a, a fan favorite. For a, for a long time you know what else i like sir uh just for a swing thing because i'm starting to try this a little bit where he's very uh-huh. steep and vertical and he just kind of holds it right and it just kind of drops in the slot it feels very consistent it's a little yeah. stricker-esque um consistent. But <laughs> very consistent right he's kind of like a powerful steve stricker right there's all there's I think to your point, uh, there's not a lot of wrist hinge. Yeah. And he hits a lot of kind of really kind of cool little hold off shots, a lot yep. of cuts. But he gener- but he's so flexible and lean at what they say, 27 waist. He creates <laughs> so much speed. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, he, he's really fun to watch. I think he was a great story um, um, for the week. And the, yeah, totally. And before we talk about, I want to talk about Xander. Um, but before we do, one final takeaway that I had was Alatoris is, you know, going back to confidence for a second, like, how do you get confidence? Well, I, if confidence is based on results, then you're kind of behind the eight ball. But a lot of times you want to see some good shots before you believe that you can hit them. Right. Um, the one thing that is probably a difference is not having confidence or being intimidated by the masters is largely probably rooted in what other people have done. Right. How do I stack up against others? the the stage of the masters right i think zalatoris seems to be really good at focusing on what he's doing and that's kind of helped him stay in his lane stay in his zone which helps him stay confident like he knows he can't control anything that the other golfers are doing right it's it's a golf course just like any other that he's played granted it's augusta like it's different and it's it's the mecca but it's still you know they tell uh football players it's just a football game right? You've been playing this your whole life. And like your coach told you growing up, pressure is, is means you're in the place you wanted to be. So it seems yeah. like Zalatoris kind of embraces it. Um, and yeah. that's the type of mindset yeah. that is bulletproof. Well, look, he comes in, he comes into the day, four shots back. And this is just a good little case study. Why on the first hole does he absolutely rip it, make birdie? And why did Hideki, who's got a four shot lead, has won five times on the tour, Mm. a superstar block yeah. it right tentative make a bogey <laughs> what? Yeah. why is yeah. it the guys that are chasing and like you said nobody's really cares about what i'm doing everybody's just gonna root me on where a decky's like well i got my whole country watch i mean literally yeah, yeah. <laughs> like talk about a different kind of pressure and we'll talk about that in a little bit but pressure is a story that you tell yourself 
But that's and, so true because it seemed like he you know, was excited to be there, right? He birdied the first two holes. Right. <laughs> like to him, it was all gravy. <laughs> like he wants to win. He thinks he can win, but he's enjoying it. You could tell like he's, yeah. he loves it. That's what he's there for. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was cool. I read that Spieth was his hero in junior golf. I think that's really cool. Like Spieth's three years older than him. Right. So that you got to see him in tournaments and like, I mean, he's kind of got that Spieth freewheeling, you know, a little calmer than Spieth out there, but uh, just like, man, he's going to be fun to watch. It's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. He's definitely b- good at playing offense versus defense. Yeah. We saw a lot <laughs> of guys play defense throughout the weekend. We always do, but um, let's talk about Xander. Speaking of playing defense, let's talk about Xander. Um, Xander is... He's always there, it seems like, in majors oh, now, yeah. right? Such a fluid, beautiful swing. So good around That's the greens. Smart. And it seems like he is starting to almost, like, can't close a little bit. Like, he, he's always <laughs> – but let's talk about 16. Because, again, yeah. relating this to the average golfer, let's say you're Xander Shoffley and you're on 16, and at this point is he's two back – right? I think Matsuyama was 12. I think Xander was 10 with three holes to play. Um, anything can yeah, there happen. Was a, there was a, well, there was a, it was a key two shot swing on 15, right? Right. Great birdie up and down and a really dumb. Well, maybe it was actually a good bogey, but yeah, I mean, this was a, mo- this was the moment, right? Right. So this is what he'd been waiting for, right? Matsuyama made a big mistake at a par five that he should be burning. He makes bogey Matsuyama or, uh, Xander birdies, right? So now the lead is down to two. And if you're Xander Shoffley, put yourself in his position. You're on the tee box of 16, flag on the left, yep. iconic flag position, right? Tiger almost aced it in 2019. Um, I think Faldo said most winners birdie 16 on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, Xander hit it short yeah. in the water. Like, Maybe you were right. Like we talked about this a little before the show. You kind of, you might take less club because of adrenaline and you assume adrenaline's going to be there. But at the same time, like you have to be hitting to the right. Well, let me ask you one part of you wants to play to win, right? But you also have to play smart. You can't hit it in the water there. Well, right. And what's the the mindset course management wise for you? If you're Xander, the crazy thing is, I don't think anybody's thinking about hitting in the water on that short of a hole. We rarely see it. Yeah. Um, you have, I think for Xander, I mean, clearly he was thinking, thinking about the moment, but it was like, I'm going at this thing. I've got to dial it in. What's, what's, if there's something challenging about that shot besides the moment of the Masters, if you can hit a straight medium trajectory, um, shot take off the spin kind of you know 12 to 15 feet right then you get the ridge you know but he it looked he looked like he just made a really kind of a kind of aggressive swing came up and out of it and i mean totally totally missed it you know but i would have i just wouldn't have never expected water i could see long but um yeah that was that was tough but Look, at the end of the day, we have to sit here and say he was still two shots back. He pressed. He felt it. He had a moment. He's like, Hideki's not going to bogey this all. He ended up bogeying the last couple. He's like, I got to make a birdie on this. And, you know, the moment got to him. It's hard. You know, it's really hard. I really like Xander. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win a major or two. Um, oh, for sure. But here's the thing, Rev. He made a double bogey early in the round. This is something that Hideki didn't do. And doubles at Augusta are just killer. Yeah. Right? And he was pressing. He pressed early. And then, you know, you got to press in the moment. But um, I think Brandel, when we had Brandel on a few years ago for our Masters preview episode, I think he said, I forget how many years, but rare that a winner makes a double all week. It just doesn't happen. Look what happened to JT on Saturday. Right? He's hitting it great. He misses a few putts. He gets to 13, pushes it right, lays up. In his head, he's like, oh, my God. 
I'm hitting it so great. I'm not scoring. And he gets really cute with that, you know, third shot. He puts it, he puts it in a drink. And then he has to drop it. And he's losing his mind. And he hits it 30 feet fast and he free putts. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. I mean, it, it, it's Augusta's so interesting, so fun to watch because it's like you have all these like opportunities out there, but it's really hard in spots too. Mm-hmm. Um, you think Xander's maybe kind of getting to that point where he's kind of not blow ups, but like he's close, right? But he, I can't remember him short. doing anything like this. I think we saw a stat, it was like the first triple he's ever made in a major in like a thousand plus holes or whatever it is. Um, but you know, I just think the best players, it's not necessarily that they hit better shots. It's that they make sure that they like, look at tiger on 12 in 2019, right? He saw Finau hit it pure. He saw Brooks hit it pure. And those, yeah. those ball strikers, they don't, their ball doesn't balloon. Like they hit piercing, pure shots and yeah, they saw them all hit in the water. And I, so Tiger, when he won, said to himself, okay, well something, there's definitely gotta be wind. If everyone's, you know, puzzled by this. And uh, I think uh, Molinari did the same thing. Tiger took more club and hit it to the fattest part of the green. Right. And I think it's a fine balance. Like Xander probably wants to hit it close. Xander probably wants to, you know, with that pin placement, you can get it really close, make birdie, put the pressure on Matsuyama. But at the same time, you can't either take a line or a club that can go short. It just can't be a possibility, right? So I think that's something that we could all learn from, like in those pressure moments, like where do we have to have it, but not necessarily thinking about the miss, but being smart about what our shot is and then commit to that shot right? Aggressively conservative in a way. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's like for everybody listening right now, I, I think that, I think that's the key. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you could make a putt, right? right. You could make a putt, give yourself a chance. Um, right. but you know, it just didn't execute. Um, you know, it's funny, Av, sometimes, and like I said, we're, we're talking, we're, we're sitting here talking about Xander Schauffele, but like, sometimes when you're so caught up in the moment, what you think you have to do, <laughs> you forget about where, like, you can't miss it, right? <laughs> right? And this yeah. is an example, like, the miss is right, the miss is a little long, right? The miss is not short, and I, and I didn't listen to him talk about that shot, I'm sure he has, but um, that can happen sometimes. You're so caught up in the moment of what you think you have to do. The bad swing is the one swing. The type of bad swing is the swing you can't. Right. Believe me. And you're just like, what did I just do? And that's yep. when you got to stop yourself. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about Bryson really quick, and then we'll get to <laughs> uh, Spieth and Hideki. Uh, Bryson looks miserable out there and i think that's partly because of the expectations that he's putting on himself right now like the the par 67 i know there's a bunch of memes on it like we can all make jokes about it it's kind of absurd but i think that's a that's a a maturation thing where he's going to realize that you can't say that stuff because now anytime you have a bad round it's going to look silly and you can just tell it feels very heavy it feels like he's just not enjoying it he it just looks it looks miserable out there for him and i think that i think the difference like look at the difference of the energy and the feel of a xander a zalatoris a spieth versus bryson at the masters right now right and rose rose kind of had a bryson-esque um heaviness to him of like trying to hold on or being disappointed with all the expectations of the world on your shoulders but i i think what we can learn from bryson is hey even when you're hitting it great and even when you think you can win putting all this pressure on yourself to do it doesn't help right and you just got to find a way to enjoy 
being where you are. And like you said, give yourself the best chance moment to moment. Give yourself a chance. Give yourself a chance. Give yourself a chance. Suddenly you tie, you put a round together. I, I think it's hard to really talk about Bryson like a real person. The way he, I mean, this, this whole strategy. I mean, I think David Colton, who's a great fellow on Twitter, said when you have this much energy in your setup, you're going to have no grace and poise and softness or art in your shot, right? It's so violent, like, how he sets up. Like, this is the U.S. Open champ last year. But, yeah, I, I don't know how he's going to ever play this course with this strategy, especially how they're trying to make it harder, right, where they cut the rough, they cut the rough in some spots so more balls are rolling in the trees. Very interesting about Bryson. Randy won the Arnold Palmer. He is hitting it so far offline, way more so this year than he did last year. And I just don't know how you're ever get like in the Masters. You can kind of spray it, but like you have to if you're going to spray, it, you have to have imagination. Yeah, he kind of eliminates some of that. He's, I mean, he can scramble. We know that. But um, and the other thing is no green books. This is a guy who blames the green book when he misses a putt, right? We've seen that in tournaments. Um, so it'll be interesting, Ev, to see how long he wants to hang on to this. Because I don't think he'll ever come, I don't think he'll ever sniff a Masters or a British Open with this strategy. I do think, and we saw it with the US Open last year, the US Open, the PGA, he can. And look, he's planning for majors, right? Um, but yeah, you made a good point, Ev. Like, you know, and look, we've heard this from Dr. Brett McCabe. Sometimes golf isn't fun for everybody. And I think Bryson seems to be that type. Like, you know, he doesn't need to say, have, I'm going to go have fun out there today. This is yeah. work. The amount of energy, especially the way he plans. <laughs> right. You know, like, out of, every hole is, a, you know, is based on scientific evidence to him. Um, but, like, dude, like, this is quite a show you're putting on in so many different ways. And it's like, I don't know. Well, I tweeted, I tweeted this right, week, sir. You know? I said, I said, Hey, I know this isn't his style of play, but he hits it so long. Wouldn't it make more sense to take less club off the tee and be able to be in the same spot or even a little further than some guys with drivers with woods and hybrids and put yourself to spots where you're hitting, you're still hitting, you know, less irons in and giving yourself more consistent looks and chances, but he just wants to bomb and gouge it, which I get. Yeah. It's an advantage if you can, you know, but it's also, it's really, I mean, think about it. It's a second shot course. So again, going to course management, knowing what you know about strategy in the course, if you're supposed to put it in specific quadrants, how are you going to control your spin coming out of the rough the whole That's week? That's a great point. Well, and even, but like, even your point, even when he hits that good drive, he's got that 65, 70 yarder, right? Can't see the pin, can't see the quadrants, right? right? And like, sometimes we saw, we saw it was Alatoris in the third hole, that 70 yard shot, is oftentimes tougher than a hundred yard shot, right? Yep. You can't spin it, you can't see it, you can't make that aggressive, you know, kind of shallow attack at it. So, um, I'm not a big fan of Bryson. I think he's good for the game in terms of like the storylines people watch, but um, I don't think his, his attitude is, you know, suspect. And, um, but um, come Tory Pines, we'll be in the mix, I think. But the Masters, pretty embarrassing when you call Augusta National par 67, you're shooting 77. <laughs> yeah. So, so good riddance. So let's talk about <laughs> not a Bryson fan. Let's talk about Spieth for a second before we round it out with Hideki. Um, yeah. Spieth had uh, he kind of he said in his press conference, you know, if you think about it, like Spieth kind of had the pressure that Rose felt after round one coming into the tournament. He always does because he always plays well here. His former winner um, could have won three by now. Um, but he said he kind of likes how, or he liked how the day before winning the day before, cause he won, he got into Augusta the day after he won the Valero. Uh, he wasn't even allowed to enjoy the Valero because yeah. he's the masters. 
right? So he yeah. was forced to look forward. Didn't even like really feel the high of winning. He actually made a comment. He's like, am I okay? Like to not have a reaction of that high after winning a golf tournament after four years, you know? Uh, but I think that's really, that tells you uh, that he's really good at focusing on the moment and not getting too caught up in putting more expectations on himself than he needs, right? It seems like Spieth understands that those expectations don't help. He probably has high expectations silently, but he seems to be really focused on his core strategy and hitting the type of shots he needs to. And so Spieth, another top five, right? He's back. You, I mean, what a win last week, but to see, well, I think he finished third at the masters. He was, you know, never really that close to win, but he was in the mix every round. Right. Mm -hmm. And he certainly looks like the Jordan speed that, you know, we were watching last, you know, you know, 2014 to 2017. Um, you know, what I love about him is just the way he puts. I think a takeaway for everybody listening right now is just his attitude with putting. He's fearless, right? You know, he he's not concerned about missing the putt. He's not concerned about that ball going three, four feet, five feet by. Right now, that's not doesn't mean don't focus on your speed. You know, sometimes you you know you don't want to jam in the putt all day, but like he just gets up there and he makes a very confident, assertive stroke, and we all can do that. You have to accelerate through the hit. Right, too often times yeah. you see yeah. amateur players, you know, just trying not to three putt. Right, and obviously we don't, you know, you don't you don't want to be stupid, but when you practice enough. You'd be surprised when you're when you have that mindset, and I think he's Jordan Spieth, but we all can take that, right? Yeah, I can make that putt. He, every time I, I don't know about you, have now this whole this year now watching him again. Every time he gets up to a twenty footer, I think it's going in. <laughs> yeah, I noticed his stroke isn't as drastic. His forward press to his actual stroke, it seems like it's a smoother transition. Where yeah. before he would kind of push his hands forward really. Um, kind of in a jerky, quick way, and then he it, he kind of has like a decelerating kind of motion with his stroke. It seems much more fluid um, now yeah, than the past couple of years. But I'm trying to think of a good takeaway besides that for people, because you know I'm thinking of the average golfer, like he's you know, Jordan Speed. Well, well, Ev, I'll cut you off for a second. Something we talk about a lot on the show. He vocalizes. Oh yeah, him that's and good. Greller, we can sit here and laugh about him and Greller and take a side and who who do we like or who do we don't like or the vocalization they he talks through every shot with him and we don't have caddies when we play unless we're going to some nice private club right you talk through what you're going to do yeah and you might be sitting with your buddy who's in the cart and you guys are rooting for each other right and say Ev I'm hitting a seven iron. Right side of the green, you know, I'm going to try and draw it. If I don't, I'm going to leave, you know, leave it on the front right. You just vocalized your plan. You just familiarized yourself with what you're trying to attempt. That is so important. And I just love watching him work. What do you think? Yeah, no, that's so, that's a good one. That's so powerful. I've tried it. Um, and it does work. It definitely is like, cause look, we've said this, uh, analogy many times, but if people treated their business like they do with their golf game, they'd be on the street asking for money. And it all starts <laughs> with, uh, what are you trying to do here? A lot of people don't even think about what they're trying to do. They go into a shot thinking Great about point. everything that could go wrong. Fundamentals. What is that person going to think? Don't do this. Don't do that. Versus if you can wipe some of that away, I know some of that will always exist. But oh, you've yeah. got to try to find a way to wipe some of it out and go into the shot as free as you can and at least tell yourself, what am I trying to do here? And be clear on that, right? And that'll probably have a big impact. That alone, just being more clear on what your plan is. Yeah. Not going to execute it always, but yeah. at least have a plan. When you vocalize, even if you're just kind of speaking to yourself, you also, you know, in a good way, distract yourself. Keeps you focused, but, yeah. but you know, and 
gets you kind of away from some of the, all the other things. What's yep. my score? You know, of course it's hard. People are watching yep. me. So speed's the best. We love them. Yep. So quick story right, about Hideki. Champion. Let's talk about the champion. Quick story. I don't know if I've ever told you this, um, but when Ryan and I went to St. Andrews in 2010, um, we went to the British Open at, at St. Andrews. This is when Louis Oosthuizen won and nobody knew who he was. Um, I'll never forget standing on the tee box at two and seeing this young Japanese kid walking up to the tee. I have never seen more photographers following a player in my life. And I've been to a lot of PJ Tour events. There was no joke, probably 40 to 50 photographers following this right. kid. And he was an amateur at this time. Right. I think he won the Asia Pacific Am or, or, or whatever it is. And that, so I, I just wanted to say that because it gives context on how big of a star he is. And that was 10 years ago, 11 years ago, right? So just imagine what he must have been feeling. Uh, and hey, you know what? Like I said at the beginning, maybe it's not fair for me to discount his win by saying not a lot of players win the Masters shooting final round plus one. But a lot of players probably don't have the pressure of maybe Adam Scott is the only example. But that's just a Masters. That's not a major though, right? Like he's the first Australian to win a Masters, but he wasn't the first Australian to win a major. So it was right. a different level of pressure, not to mention the amount of popularity right. that golf is in Japan. So that's a lot to play with. Yeah, you could certainly tell in the last couple, well, maybe for like anybody, but the last couple of holes, I mean, it was grinding. Um, yeah, Japan puts, puts their athletes on pedestals unlike any other country, right? So, but also he's playing for his country, but he's playing for his continent too, right? In a way. Yeah. So right when you have all that press you're describing as amateur, it's Japanese, but it's probably also other, you know, Asian country, you know, their press that was there. Um, I, I, not that I'm some expert, but I, I thought Hideki would win today. He had a big enough lead. He's been, he's been around these positions before. Um, but yeah, I know that weight was carrying, was really weighing on him, especially playing for your country. But the interesting thing is, Adam, is he, this wasn't the ball striking clinic we're used to with him. Yeah. This was a scrambling yeah. clinic. But he, he finished second in scrambling for the week. His pitching and chipping, and the takeaway for the listeners is with him, is picking your spots. Where am I going to land this pitch? Where am I going to land this chip? He was in some tough spots, and he was getting up and down. Um, so, you know, he built that lead to, I think, six at one point. Right, he got off to the bogey start, but then he made birdie on two. Um, he's really good off the tee, not so great with his irons. Great pitching and chipping, putting was, eh, right. Um, but this is a guy where wait where we were waiting for him to win a major. Well, isn't that and funny? Told, yeah, it's funny I mean, that this guy has been known for. Like I, I remember just anecdotally over the last three years, it seemed like Hideki at least one major a year was there on Sunday, putting it to 10 feet. Seemed like every hole just wasn't making any putts. And then the broadcast would say, if only this guy could make some more putts, right? Yeah. Well, it's funny how that puts so much pressure on the putter, but isn't that ironic? The one time first major, uh, is not necessarily hitting as many greens, but it's it's a scrambling, right? Yeah, it's well, his... yeah. And he turned it up on the back nine post rain delay. He shot thirty yesterday on the back nine and went four under post rain delay. And Hideki's known to be a little bit of a streaky putter. He had three three putts to that point. The rain hit, hour and a half delay. Rose goes sour. A bunch of players go sour. Green's a little slower. He comes in and he's just, you know, hitting it close and making everything. So he won the event when so many people backtracked. Cameron Champ, Brian Harmon, all these guys post rain that like couldn't figure it out on a softer golf course too. Very, very fascinating. So, um, you know, the question is, Ev, I mean, now that Decky's got one, the weight off his shoulders with his, for his country, 
you see him? He's only 29. Can he get to four or five? Uh, I mean, because he did he did it this week in a very different non Hideki way, scrambling. Yeah. Right? We're so used to ball striking clinics. He's kind of going through swing changes. They said he's kind of like trying to get a rid- little rid of the pause. He's trying to get a little more rhythm in that backswing. I mean, it's kind of wild for a guy who hits it that good. But what do you right. think? What, how do you see his future? You know, now that he's done the unthinkable, really, as a Japanese golfer. I mean. Part of me doesn't want to fall in the trap of every media personality that says after someone wins, the floodgates are open and I could see them winning five more. Right. Um, I don't know if I've seen the like killer instinct from him. You know, it feels kind of similar to like a Ricky Fowler. Like when he's on, he's on. What do you mean by killer instinct? It just doesn't, I don't know. I, I, it just, it's more of a feeling like, Zalatoris to me kind of has a killer instinct, right? Like he he seems to like relish in the moment. Um, where obviously Hideki did. He he won the Masters, um, and he's won five times. So obviously he can win. But yeah, it just but- it felt a little bit more like a Ricky Fowler when like when Ricky has never really like hung on when other people are there. Like Ricky kind of like limps into the wins a little bit more so oh he's one but ricky didn't have doesn't have the weight of a country true that's fair so yeah maybe this is a weight that's like the media coverage in japan when he goes home it's going to be like the beatles yeah (laughs) you know so then the the question is is, does that give him a weight lifted or does it maybe make it harder because the pressure is even more but you I think know, the point is you can't internalize external pressure. I think that's kind of the trend of this whole episode. And I agree with you. Like, we don't want to get – it's so easy to get caught up in trends about these players. But, like, he's extremely talented. Oh, right? yeah. There's no lim- – like, you know, obviously, like, is putting streaky. But, like, like, he's a way superior ball striker than Ricky Fowler. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he can do things that are as good as anybody. So that's why I kind of say that. Like, he's just just – he, he's not really limited. Well, the one thing uh, I will say that might serve him really well, where he could maybe get two to three more or whatever, is I think he hopefully might have a light bulb moment where he can win when his ball striking isn't his best, right? He can win in other ways. And uh, I thought his drive on 17, um, or no, maybe it was... Forget if it was drive on seventeen. He had a great drive yeah, on 17. his drive on seventeen I thought was really telling because it would have been really easy to feel like, you know, he's got this, um, but he he really buckled down and smoked it, you know, after making yeah. you know fumbling in the last couple holes in. So, yeah, I think I think for everybody listening, I think the most important shot he hit today was on fifteen. So he hits. Great drive. It's that second shot, adrenaline pump, and he just blows over the green in the water. Okay. Got a drop. He's got a 35 yard pitch in between those, kind of like in between those trees. That pitch he hit to 15 feet just short to secure bogey was incredible. I know it's not the glamorous shot, but that was disaster waiting to happen. Right. It's a long pitch. He goes long. He's got water long. He leaves it too short. He's going to have another. And I just think he was so dialed in with his pitching and chipping all week to lead, to be second and scrambling. I think that's a very important lesson for lesson for our listeners. You hit a, you hit a good shot, and you think you hit a good second shot that goes in the water. How many times do we just compound that? Our mind our mind goes in such a very you know it goes just in a terrible direction, right? Yeah. But he didn't because- double. He made he, he secured bogey, right? And he walked right. off that green thinking okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge, Ev. Yeah. Well, because you say things to yourself like, of course that happened, or I'm not getting any breaks, or, you know, right. you, you tell these like negative narratives to yourself that don't help anything. Right. And I think Hideki's win shows that you just have to, it's a game of, it's a game of patience and it's a game of 
giving yourself chances and see where the chips will fall. Right. Right. When you, when you hit that bad shot or that it's an unfortunate break, the next shot, you've got to tell yourself and it's easier said than done, but like, what's the smart, you know, shot that I can hit solid that I can feel good about. Right. Yeah. Then you walk away with a bogey. Maybe it's a double for some people. Right. But did I just, did I start, you know, did I think smart and did I, you know, go and hit a solid shot. Right. right. And I think that's right. huge. And, and you don't make doubles, you win tournaments. Yeah, totally. Well, I think we had a lot of interesting lessons here that we've learned. It kind of reminds me, the last thing I'll say, Sturm, is, uh, you know, I used to, when, we, when I'd play with our mutual friend, Ryan, I'd hear him say things like, well, I got to make this putt, right, for to square it or to win. Got to make this putt. And I remember always thinking to myself, well, that, no, that actually isn't the best thought for us, right? Because got to make this putt adds so much pressure to something that really you don't have a lot of control in. It could hit something, there's moisture, there's all these things. So when I get in those moments, I think to myself, I get so hyper-focused on my approach. So I'll say, all right, where's my line? Remember my good tempo. I'm going to stay down, right? Feel like my arms are just kind of rocking, stay down, head down. And I'm going to start, I'm going to hit this line. I'm going to hit this mark, right? So now my task is hit something three inches in front of my ball. You get so hyper-focused on that with good rhythm, you might make it. Whereas trying to hit a spot three inches in front of your ball feels a lot easier task than having to make a 12-footer to win a match, right? And I think uh, the Masters is the ultimate yeah. example of managing pressure and embracing pressure and managing expectations like always. So I, I hope you guys out there listening took at least one thing from all the different variables we talked about from the 2021 masters to uh, hopefully take a new thought or approach, you know, to your game on the course. It's yeah. It's fun to, it's fun to dive deep into the best players in the world and no better stage than the masters, but uh, you know, like you said, a lot of takeaways, everybody just think about your game, right? Just take one thing. Yep. Right. Lot to learn. Great stuff. Yep. All right. Well, as always, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you're not subscribed, definitely follow us on Spotify, subscribe to Apple podcasts. So you never miss out on another episode and uh, follow us at the par train on Instagram and Twitter and otherwise. And uh, keep your eyes open. We got a lot of fun stuff planned coming. And oh, as always, don't forget, what do they got to do, sir? No matter what, no matter what, enjoy the ride. All right, guys, take care and go the ride. See ya. Bye.